0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is where you are at. This is Plot Twist Please, and if you were looking for Plot Twist Please, you are in the right place. If you weren't, um, you're still in the right place, so stick around, why don't you? Today, we are going to talk about our misconceptions about self-care. By our, I mean the collective we. That includes you. That includes the culture and the people outside of the culture, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So... Today, I have a special guest, Sarah Catherine of the Sarah Catherine blog. She is a podcaster, a blogger, a coach, and author of I'm Austin, Here's Why, as well as several others. And I'm really excited to have her on. We've had a few conversations in the past just about self-care and the wellness industry and just some blind spots that we both have witnessed and, and the process of aligning our mission statements to what we hope the wellness industry becomes, in reference to the Black Lives Matter movement, and a lot of other things that have come to light, things that have come to light for us as of late. I'm really excited about that conversation and to just dive into it. I'm feeling like we should just like, go ahead with the go-ahead, you know? So here is Sarah Catherine. Hi, Sarah! Hi! Nice to see you today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much again for joining me on this episode. Of course. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Absolutely. Um, I reached out to you because this is for our listeners because you already know this, but um, (laughs) I think you have a really interesting point of view and the fact that you're so young and are a creative entrepreneur and just so driven. And you seem to have like a really grounded perspective. And I really just wanted to get your take on things sure thank you yeah absolutely so the first question i have for you it's kind of just like an iceberg just like a fun thing so what kinds of movies and books and stuff are you indulging in right now
1: Ooh, well (laughs) uh i'm revis right now currently i'm revisiting a guilty pleasure of mine america's next top model (laughs) oh yes oh my gosh (laughs) What pr- lovely problematic fave, uh uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Fave. <laughs> yeah as-, as soon as quarantine hit, my friend was like, oh, all of top models on Hulu, and I'm like, okay, we're <laughs> doing this, and <laughs> now I'm 15 seasons in, and I can't really look back. But <laughs> oh, there's no going fr- back? No, not at this point. <laughs> my yeah. friend and I have been re-watching it together, like, virtually, and, uh, yeah, so that is one thing I've been watching a lot, reading, um, I haven't, let me, oh gosh, I've been reading this series, it's, um, the last of this series uh, called the diviners it's a t- based in like the 1920s it's kind of a nine uh young adult um kind of horror fantasy type mystery novel yeah it's written by um i believe the author is uh liba bray she's a fantastic young adult author um it follows like the uh five people that are each have their own this unique like i guess superpower diviners and they have to help this world of undead that's coming to try and take over New York in the 1920s. So oh. Oh, that's it's very, so fascinating. very interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, like four or five books that and they're like this big, but, um, yeah, it goes through the whole thing. So that's another thing I'm reading. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> yeah. That's so many layers. It's like the, the zombies and then like, the 1920s, but it sounds like really a int- really interesting
1: read. Like Yeah. she. Yeah. When I was younger in high school, she wrote a novel, uh, a series that was uh, also kind of a period piece. It was more like, I don't know, I don't want to say like medieval times, but like, you know, kind of having I guess medieval times to Renaissance ish, like those types of corsets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And but it was more like they found a dimension. It was three young girls that found a dimension into another time and realized they had magic powers in that way or something. But it was based back then. And then one girl found like discovered she was gay. And it was just like just such a just such a great story. <laughs> yeah, I feel like
0: I I'm getting more into sci-fi now than I ever have been. Like I was never into sci-fi fantasy when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was really into realistic fiction, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I've just like gotten more in touch with my weird or like, <laughs> I don't know what
1: it is. What type of uh, sci-fi, I don't know if it's movies or shows or books, like Ooh, what type of ones yes. are you, are you into I, right now? I really dig Umbrella Academy right now.
0: I mm. dig it. I haven't um, watched it yet, but I want to, it's yeah, on it's, that list. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's great. It's, it's real kooky, but I like it because it's kooky like it's like yeah yeah it's like superheroes but with a different kind of spin Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know something about like otherworldly entities i don't know it's just really fascinating for me
1: have you ever (laughs) have you ever watched doctor who because that is like (gasps) the you know what yep yeah
0: yeah okay in high school it was the thing (laughs) it was the thing it really was Oh man! So do you I'm have not a- that deep into it. I know like the different doctors, like who all of them
1: were. Oh, okay, into <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> like I could recognize some of them. Well, if you're getting into that type of stuff, it might be worth revisiting because huh. I didn't. When I've watched the first episode of like the 2005 one, I was like, "This is weird." And I like it's so weird. I always yes. like that, but it's it's so bad. But like you <laughs> gotta just push through those beginning awkward like. 2000s bad graphics Mm. and like campy type things but as soon as you get like into like the 10th and 11th doctor it's just wonderful the story is great the characters are great and I haven't really watched most of the recent stuff um with the woman uh Mm -hmm. but I yeah definitely recommend like if you were interested in diving into it again if you're into the sci-fi stuff right now it might be
0: yeah
1: I I highly recommend
0: yeah yeah (laughs) I think the thing is too for me about sci-fi and fantasy. It's like the kinds of minds that create that stuff. Like mm. whoa, like yeah. it just <laughs> like who comes up with who comes up with like a wizardry school with four different houses and all <laughs> these characters
1: and all these backstories. I don't know. It just it's that's so the thing. Like the backstories and the continuity of everything like that is what like because you have to create everything from scratch like and you have to stay consistent yourself and you have to say like because I've tried like writing my own fantasy stuff like in the past and it's just for fun and it's hard to keep track of like every little like you gotta name everything you gotta Mm -hmm. think of the creatures you gotta think of the people what does this mean like what's the political situation like how is is there a monarch is it like you know it's there's so much and to keep that consistent and completely think of it on your own is so impressive yeah yeah it's really
0: insane um yeah that's good to hear that you've been like enjoying part of whatever state we're in (laughs) in the the world so more into like what you do um how did you even get started like what inspired you to go on the path that you're on you know
1: well uh as a just kind of like a overview of where i'm at right now and then i can i'll take a step back on how i got here um currently i work um, a day job as a marketing manager for a website agency. And I really love that job. But at the same time, I, um, have my online kind of like coaching online course business, um, where I really like helping, especially women, um, who are just feeling overwhelmed, constantly wanting to people please with other, other people. They're feeling very lost in what they actually want because they're constantly putting other people's needs before your own. And I acknowledge that putting others needs before your own is always a wonderful thing to do, but there comes to a point where you're not paying attention to yourself. So you're not taking care of yourself in ways that you need to. So helping women be able to set those boundaries as well as discover the values that are important to them in order to really figure out what they want to do in their life rather than what other people in their life or what society has. Um, And the reason why that's the case is because I've been there. Um, I've been that person, like even all the way back to high school, I was like, you know, the shy kid that just wanted to make sure that everyone liked me. And it was a very, very, very small school, like 90 kids in my graduating class, cause we're just a very small rural community. Um, and it was like, everyone knew everything about you. And if you stepped out of that box of what someone thought of you, you were deemed as weird. Or it was just, it was, shun- it was not encouraged to like do something different or to, and it's not like I wanted to ever do anything super drastically different, but I still felt this pressure to be the person that they expected of me. And I distinctly, and this came from the staff too, because there was this career ca- counselor that was helping everyone with college applications in my senior year. And I had told her I wanted to go to a community college rather than a four year, because I realized four years were too expensive what a concept. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and she told me that I was going to be miserable. I was going to hate my life and I needed to go to a UC. So university of California here. Um, she, yeah, she was projecting all of her BS to say the Mm -hmm. least, um, onto Mm -hmm. me, but as a 18 year old, I was like, Oh my God, like, what am I doing? And so she was trying to push me into this little bubble of, that she thought of me that I needed to do. And so, and then Going through, I went through all the motions of going to college and um, I took a semester off to work in Disney World, which was great <laughs> for the Disney College Program over there. And that was really where I started to kind of explore life outside of the small town that I grew up in. And so coming back and then moving to Southern California, cause I'm from Northern California to finish school and then finishing and graduating, I just discovered like, oh my God, I've just been so go, go, go with trying to graduate to finish school, like working on the weekends, everything like that, that I just, I, I ended up in an internship that, with terrible management toxic atmosphere. Mm. Um, And then I landed a, and then I was hitting a wall at the job that I had at the time, um, other than the internship. So I got my first full-time marketing job and I just was so depressed and anxious. I would wake up with panic attacks literally every day because I was just terrified of what the day was going to bring in regards to how I was feeling or what Mm -hmm. I was going to counter at work, anything like that. So going through all of this, I had to kind of unlearn a lot of my own habits of being like, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but why am I just feeling like this? Um, And so that really pulled me towards personal development and I started going to therapy as well. Can't discount that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Um, So into self-care and personal development and I just started reading books and um, discovered this whole creative entrepreneurship community in the personal development world and just started just learning so much in that way that i was starting to discover more of what i wanted and somehow some of my habits had led me to that point and part of that was people-pleasing and um, not really focusing on things that i want and i ended up quitting that job that i had to try and freelance and i was starting my blog at the time. And I had been blogging for a long time, but I'm on a ton of other things. I blogged about my Disney college program experience. I did like basic lifestyle things, dabbled into it. Mm -hmm. But then I went into, I really went into, I started more with self care. And that's been a foundation of pretty much everything that I still teach today, to be able to, document my own journey with kind of unlearning some of my own habits, but also teaching other people about what's helped me and hopefully it would help them. And it just kind of evolved from there. And it was, it's transitioned from a life after college type situation to finding your purpose to now just encompassing all of those things to help people, stop people pleasing and discover what they want and how to get it. So Mm. that's the whole story. (laughs) That's amazing. I feel like a lot of people
0: get stuck in that place that you were talking about of, oh, Mm -hmm. like, I really hate the way that my life is going, even though I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like that's also a young adult transition, like early 20s. I feel like, you know, a lot of my mentors or professors were like, hey, like, when you graduate college, life
1: is going to punch you in the face and you're (laughs) going to wonder what you're doing. (laughs) I see. I wish more people told me that. I just had <laughs> people saying, "Oh, you're in marketing. You're going to be in sales," and I'm like, "Okay, that's it. Oh, that's all the gosh. warning I had." <laughs> but uh. yeah, it
0: sounds like I feel like it's a very synonymous experience with um, like people in the 20 to 25 mm-hmm. age bracket. But it's really hard to come out of it, having or feeling like you have some sort of ownership over your life that mm-hmm. isn't. Precedented by other people's expectations of you and you, you spoke about that a lot and I I don't know, I just find it really admirable that You were able to circumvent that because like I'm also someone who Like in high school and grade school was the like out of box kind of person who like people kind of expected certain behaviors or just mm. You know just certain like antics from me and you know, it's it's similar to what you said how like you really have to just get out of that. And that's, that's so fascinating to me.
1: Yeah. And you have to discover like, what is actually something that you expect from yourself or what someone else expects from you. And being able to identify that takes a lot of time. Yeah. It takes, it takes hard work. <laughs> and I can't say that I'm completely no longer like putting my, like, caring about other people's opinions and whatnot. It's like constantly mm-hmm. ongoing, but definitely being able to have that foundation to feel more independent of that is, what I feel like I've been able to accomplish so far, and what I want to help other people do too. Yeah, that's amazing. I feel like I wish that I
0: was at the the mind state of like an eighty year old. Like I, know, right. I don't
1: care. Like I'm out here <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, my grandma was like ninety eight when she passed, and by the end of it, she's like. Pfft. She's like, bye. yeah, <laughs> she's like, I've lived a good life, it's time to move forward. <laughs> That's what we should all
0: aspire to, the, the honesty and confidence of a 95 year old. I love <laughs> that. Yes. <laughs> so like, what were the doubts that you had going into the field and, and building your platform? Cause I feel like, again, like being young, we're very impressionable and we care mm-hmm. a lot about what people think about us, particularly our peers, you know? so.
1: How did yeah, you- yeah, that's a really good question, um, still something that I deal with, um, of course, and I feel like every entrepreneur deals with at every stage that they hit, um, but I guess really just in the beginning, I, I let me think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. Well, I guess I, the first thing that I can think of is that some of the... I did, I put together, I'm gonna be very, very transparent about my first program that I launched, which was like a year or two ago, I can't even remember at this point. But um, the first program that I launched, it was the first time I had really put an online course together and um, did all the videos and everything and, cause at that point I had just, um, I published a book and had done a ton of other types of projects with it, but never something that was like a bigger ticket, like, Let me help you through a huge part of your life kind of a situation. And so the whole while I do have marketing experience, obviously, from school and from my day job. The creative entrepreneurship community is so different and the approach that you have to take to these types of um, either launches and putting everything together and you don't realize just how much work goes into something like that. Mm -hmm. And I definitely I think uh, underestimated how much work it was going to take based off of the timeline that I did. And because everything was very forced, I only had one student come in and that student wasn't even really a student. She was kind of another coach that was curious about what I was doing, which is, which was, she wasn't, there was no ill will towards her. She was just, she was getting help. Like she was using that. She was still using my material to help her own life. But at the same time, she was like, I was curious on what you were doing. She still paid me and we still had like coaching courses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But having that, I don't want to call it a failed launch, but going through that and it not hitting my goals and not hitting my own expectations has definitely set some doubts in my head about things after that. So having to kind of sift through, am I, so I had to really, I started just really looking at like all the different coaches, all the different like resources out there. And I started getting pretty like overwhelmed by all the, I guess you could say all the creative biz noise out there of like what, you, again, what you should be doing, what you need to do. And it's all kind of the same thing over and over again if, at the end of the day, to be honest, but um, really trying to understand, like if something that I'm doing is more, it feels right to me, And I know it'll help my audience and I know it'll help my future students and my current ones. And just to be able to kind of sift through those doubts of, oh my God, I'm going to have another launch and it's going to fail. No one's going to care. I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be crickets. So those types of doubts are constantly in my head and not constantly, but they have been in my head over time. And um, as well as, I guess you could say, just like, am I, is my advice legitimate? Kind of that imposter syndrome situation. Mm -hmm. like am i qualified to t- like teach these kinds of things and then i have to remind myself yeah i just the whole story i told you is enough to be able to be like i understand I maybe i'm not the end-all be-all answer i'm not i'm not perfect i haven't had it all figured out but if i could help someone with at least one thing then i think that's that's what my I, i'm good
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah because I, I also feel like even as, you know, as young people, but just as people in general, I feel like we short ourselves mm-hmm. and we, we almost don't recognize the, the value in life experience and our own experiences. Yeah. Like, cause, cause people are complex and people have been through stuff. People have yeah. been through stuff.
1: Yeah. Even if you're young, even if you're in high school or something like that, you don't know someone's like, you never know what they've gone through. and you never, sometimes you don't even realize what you've, you've gone through. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I didn't even realize some of the stuff that I had experienced, not necessarily negative, but just a lot of things to, I I guess unlearn, um, that led to me feeling more anxious and whatnot. So when I was talking to a therapist, she was like, oh, you've just been go, go, go your whole life. Mm -hmm. Your brain doesn't know how to slow down. No wonder you're anxious. Like those Mm -hmm. kinds of things, you don't realize that that might be happening, but doesn't matter your age just like what you said I completely agree
0: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely so in in terms of like unlearning
1: behavior what kind of things did you have to unlearn Uh, I think the main some things um, the first one I guess I could say is what I just said um, learning to slow down Mm -hmm. and kind of stay more present um, because it would always my brain would just always go into just like every possibility and just like I need to do this I need to do that and so if i had something in my head that wasn't i couldn't figure out right away i would just spiral Mm. and just be like oh my god like my life is not my life is over but you know it would just spiral into something more than it needed to When all i needed to do was kind of breathe so learning to slow down meditating journaling and everything like that and really know that i don't have to be doing 10 million things at once um, is something that i've had to unlearn a big thing that i'm still working on and that has been my goal kind of for the last year is to, I don't have to do everything all the time. Like I'm balancing work. I'm balancing my biz. I'm, I have a relationship that I love and care about. I have friends, family, you know, and that's a lot of what many of us are balancing with too. But the difference i not necessarily difference, but something that I've been trying to unlearn is like, if I'm not on top of it, all of it, all the time, it doesn't mean i'm failing yeah and that whole thing as well as that reminds me of fear of failure getting more comfortable with failing was something that i really had that was one of the first things i really had to unlearn when i was younger um Mm -hmm. and going into my early 20s because doing anything wrong being a perfectionist anything wrong is just oh yeah the end of the world (laughs) getting more comfortable with that was a huge part too
0: (laughs) yeah i'm I'm definitely one of those um almost reformed perfectionists
1: (laughs) Recovering perfectionist. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's such a thing because I also feel like we're in an age where there's so many people who start out with all the resources mm-hmm. or maybe their parents were in a specific field mm-hmm. and they're young and we see their success like immediately. Mm-hmm. And, and we discount, we discount privilege, we discount um background experience mm-hmm. you know and and we chalk it up to oh if i'm if they're that age and i'm that age i yes. should be doing the same thing they're doing at the same level
1: yes. it's not that way all the time you know yeah definitely and that was something that i had to kind of uh, learn but also um adjust you and a lot of other people i know have had to adjust to it was like your timeline's not the same as someone else's timeline because exactly like you said some people might have started there because they had the privilege to be able to start there mm-hmm. or maybe they just had an opportunity that maybe it was sheer luck like who knows like mm-hmm. something may have been in the right place at the right time or maybe they took they did do all of this hard work and you're only seeing chapter 14 while yeah. you're on chapter one so you, and I think I just recently heard someone um, say this during a webinar that I was watching, but like you can't compare your chapter three to someone's chapter 30. Like mm-hmm. some people say, like the, everyone says, um, Beyonce has the same amount of hours in the day as you. Well, Beyonce's got a big team behind her. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, she's got yes. a lot of time. She's put, she's put in the hard work. We're not in the same place. Uh-huh. So, like, love her. But, like, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, you, it's not fair to you to, to compare yourself to someone else's different point in their life.
0: Right, and we also, something that I'm also um, grasping with, well, I have been very recently is like, the idea of like people being neurologically different, like people Mm -hmm. having different um, just ways of thinking, ways of functioning in the world. And that Mm -hmm. also comes into play and like trauma, like Mm -hmm. um, these things just like filter into your business, into how you network, you Mm -hmm. know, and and we have to account for all of that. Mm yeah it's like it's like we're way too hard on to mm-hmm. it, like for the sake of impressing other people you know yeah
1: yeah definitely and that that comes in i guess also to like the society's expectations of where we should be right now mm-hmm. like and, but like you said everyone's unique it's like it's you can't put a blanket statement on people in their 20s <laughs> or yeah, anywhere yeah. in their life like yeah it's, it's too much pressure
0: <laughs> yeah and it also kind of reminds me of the like like those lists that are published, like the 30 under 30 or, yeah. you know, things like that, where it's like, okay, so like, where did these people start? And also like, what is their background? Like we mm-hmm. need to, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So like beating yourself up for not being, you know, a 19 year old Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know? Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> it's okay. Or like the being a billionaire, Kylie Jenner on the- front Right, right. the youngest like it's one, it's like, it's <laughs> Kylie Jenner. I think she's- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's so real. So, so you talked briefly about there being, having been a toxic work environment mm-hmm. um, and like to lead with this, I'll like jump in with just like my experience with that. Um, but like for me, I feel like I didn't understand that it was a toxic environment until I left
1: or until mm-hmm. I was like
0: ready to leave. Mm-hmm. So what would you recommend? Well, first of all, I guess, what are the signs of a toxic work environment and
1: how would you recommend that someone go about that once they recognize that that's what it is? That's a very good question. Um, I think a lot of it would depend on what type of toxic environment, like what they're actually experiencing. But Mm -hmm. in regards to what I was experiencing, I knew almost immediately, like the energy was just wrong there. Mm -hmm. Also it, (laughs) To give the story just really quick, it was an internship for an online fashion. A boutique and i was doing their social media i was on one of the social media interns and the first day of my internship there was a giant pr scandal because the ceo had fat shamed one of the employees at one of the stores in an email and that person put the email online and it went oh. viral to the point of mtv and refinery 29 and people posting it on their snapchats like the corporate snapchat stories back when that was more popular Oh my word. It, it was it was that um so i had to work under that CEO and that I had to deal with that for three months um, when oh, I was yeah. very, very aware that she was so non-inclusive and so judgmental and so just in her own world that mm-hmm. I, oof, yeah. So um, it was, uh, That's I, I'd say that's a, a, a quite a, a little bit of a unique toxic environment, mm-hmm. <laughs> but in more of a general um, scale in regards to just recognizing that a big, I guess a big part would be um recognizing just like the dynamics of the relationships you might have either with your peers or with your managers or something like that are they respectful of your time are you respectful of their time their your their their bound your boundaries are they asking too much of you do they allow you to have a life outside of work are they like um giving you enough credit for the hard work that you're doing are they just dismissing you all the time do you have opportunities to be able to speak your voice or are you encouraged to stay quiet like just different things that if i feel like you you would normal not you would normally but at some point you'll feel it in your gut you might your head might not recognize it right away but depending on what you're going through something your energy is just going to be drained at the end of the day like and it's it's a little it depends like i said it depends on what you're going through um, because it could be a bunch of different situations but i know it's not easy to say just get another job Mm -hmm. (laughs) like so i guess the biggest thing the first part if it's a problem with a manager like you have a specific manager who's not acknowledging your personal time or just you know one of those things that i mentioned if you if you feel comfortable maybe you'll be able to talk to the manager i know that's not always the case but if there's a way that you can set boundaries and say hey this is what's happening that might be an option if not maybe someone else is experiencing something similar as you maybe it's a bigger issue that throughout the company might be able to talk together with someone more someone else in the company that might be able to help but if not like a big part is to at least take care of yourself throughout that process so make sure that when you are you when you are at home you're doing those things that fulfill you that do bring back your energy and whether it's meditation or anything in regards to self-care to really acknowledge what's missing but also something that you can help take care of yourself along that way and make sure you're doing things that fulfill you outside of it like whether it's hobbies or you're spending time with loved ones or you have that so hopefully you have that support system to be able to help you through that and as as much as you can i would encourage get a different job (laughs) with (laughs) with with going through that if that's an option but to be able to manage it through there that's those are some of the things that i would recommend um i was lucky because i was an intern so i knew there was an end date so i kind of just push through it. I was kind of just there for the most part. I wasn't as fully engaged as I probably could have been, but I knew they didn't actually care about me very much and I didn't get along with like anyone there. So I just kind of did my work and I went home and I didn't put my own value into my job there because like I didn't put my own identity in that job. That job wasn't a part of who I am. I was there just to get work done and to go home. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Cool. So my other question is what do you think is stopping young people particularly from starting their own businesses or from having their own creative pursuits, you know?
1: I mean, I guess the biggest thing that would come to mind is fear mm-hmm. um, because, or just the overwhelm of what you need to do to mm. get it off the ground, a mix of both. Um, Cause I've definitely help, had quite a few friends that want to either start their own businesses or start a blog or start a vlog or anything like that, or do something creative. And some of the biggest things is like, will anyone care? Especially if you're like in life coaching or something like that's such a, a term that people outside of the community would probably be like life coaching. Okay, sure, like mm. who? really what do you do but i mean thankfully now a lot more people i think are starting to acknowledge that working from home isn't easy and you're not just on a computer all the time doing nothing especially because everyone's now most for the most part being forced to work from home at some point throughout quarantine and whatnot but um yeah i'd say fear and not really just fear of doing the right thing like of not being able to do the right thing like am is this the right step i need to take in order to do this am i doing the right thing there there's also the imposter syndrome that comes up am i qualified to teach what i want to teach who am i to say these kinds of things like who am i to write this book like anything like that can pop up um but yeah i think and then also coming i guess I hate saying this, but coming up with excuses that kind of procrastinates it and pushes it longer. Oh, if I do this one thing, then I can do it. But then another thing comes up. I do this one thing and then I can go live with this business. So kind of like getting down to the core of what you actually need to do and then just going for it and pushing through it. Because it's never really as bad as what goes on in your head, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I think that's what would be some of the more intimidating things about Starting their own business and whatnot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. It. I. I also want to speak to the whole conceptions, misconceptions about the self help industry and mm-hmm. about you know the life coach arena. I. I do think that there's like a weird. I think stigma is a strong term, so I'm not gonna use that. But like. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, what do you think some of those are? Because I. I've seen. Like I saw a friend post something on Facebook where they were like, "Don't talk about how someone can mess manifest their future, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. But don't- also, you don't talk about the dark times. You don't talk about, mm. you know, the times that you're struggling. So, like, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, that's, that's actually a really um, interesting thing. I I feel like part of it is in regards to just like the self-help world in general. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with just misunderstanding what it is mm-hmm. because one of my boyfriend's friends, he does not believe in personal growth. He does not think people can change. Like, Oh, he, he's just very set in his ways. That's just mm-hmm. who the, that type of person he is. Um, he knows not to say his opinions about it in front of me because he likes me as a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but he, he thinks his view is that all of these coaches or whatever anyone who's in the industry is pretending to have it all together and pretending to have everything when they don't and so they're trying to so they think that we have figured everything out and we can help fix you and we're gonna make you pay us money to fix you Mm. if that makes sense and that's not what it is it's really to just kind of help share the knowledge that we've learned either through our experiences or through our expertise, whether you've have a career out of whatever you're doing, um, to be able to help someone with at least one thing, that one problem that you can relate to. And a lot of it is helping them, helping other people, just giving them the tools to be able to figure out how to navigate what they're dealing with on their own. It's it's being that support, to be able to help them do that digging that they may not have realized they needed to do to help them kind of push forward. I, in regards to the manifesting part of it, I think there's a lot of things in that area that could be addressed. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, can I ask how, how your opinion on the manifesting?
0: Yeah. I, OK, because <laughs> I, I try to make a point on my platform, or rather, I, I've kind of turned a corner at this point mm-hmm. um, in my creative journey where I really want to focus my platform on intersectional wellness and mm, mm-hmm. taking into account race, gender, abilities, you know, all of it. Um, mm-hmm. I just—I want to just really focus on how we can be more of a community in terms of self-help, because I, mm-hmm. I think that the self-help industry, I feel like a lot of times the self-care industry is like, oh, like, just like buy the soap, treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there are people and there are businesses Within the industry that are not that, and I think you know, I think I think that critique is warranted in that sense.
1: Yes, you and I, I, like honestly, to be like clearly honest, I wasn't as aware of just how I guess you could say ignorant a lot of the self help industry can be about the reality of the different situations in life. That's like you said, the intersectionality of the different circumstances and not being as inclusive in regards to where people might be coming from and just saying, oh, just manifest it. It'll be fine. Mm
0: -hmm. You're good.
1: Just think positive. It's fine. It's that toxic positivity. That's, I think I've been seeing a lot more lately of like trying to call attention to it of like, there is a lot that someone might be dealing with and you can't discourage that. You can't say, oh, it's fine. Just think positively. Just visualize yourself doing better. No, there's some things that might need to navigate through first it gets it gets dicey too when we
0: start talking about like who are the faces of the industry right now or like who you know is it a celebrity that's like hey like you can feel better about yourself if you do this and this and this without taking into account all this other stuff like is it you know someone who who is coming from a place of privilege
1: and like you had said actually i meant to touch on that people saying oh just buy this thing and you'll be okay and i've always really tried to stress that self-care is not just bubble baths. And Mm -hmm. like, even sometimes it's not just meditation. It's literally, it it depends on the person and it depends on what fills the different areas of your well of self. Like it's, there's so many, it's it's so much more dynamic than that. And unfortunately, I think a lot of corporations are starting to capitalize on the term self-care and kind of misleading the actual reality of what that means, which is unfortunate, but that's corporations (laughs) Corporations. <laughs> yeah. corporations yeah corporations are going to cooperate you know? they will they're going to do what they do <laughs> but yeah so
0: yeah i'm so glad you addressed that though because um, it also makes it feel more accessible like it feels like mm-hmm. something that's real when it's coming from a place of honesty and being empathetic and being mm-hmm. know about different experiences you know
1: yeah and i think over time a lot of those people where they're celebrities i mean celebrities are a little bit they're already, it depends, I guess, on the celebrity, um, but at least within the creative entrepreneur community, I think a lot of those people are, they've started to show their true colors lately. Um, and I think hopefully that people start to, you, you can kind of just tell, there's kind of a gut feeling there. It's, it's kind of like if sales in general is coming from a genuine place or if they're truly trying to just take your money. you know. Ah. So I feel like after a while, hopefully we'll be able to kind of see through I guess I could say the bs again <laughs> of if they're actually coming from a place of empathy or if they're only just coming from their own narrative if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah so what are some things in your life that I guess shaped you up to this point
1: mm. wow um I guess a big part is the story that I had said at the very beginning Mm -hmm. Um, if I guess the the first step that I took towards doing something that wasn't what someone expected me was actually going to that community college that the career counselor woman was blatantly telling me I was going to hate Mm. Um, and I went to this leadership camp my senior year of high school called camp royal and that was the first exposure i really had to personal development and i didn't even know no. if it was that at the time but it was a leadership camp and but it was all about like diving into who you are as a person like the type of person you are how you interact with other people how you can help other people like we all would be we were all in groups and we had to um after the program try and make um Try and either do a volunteer activity or a fundraiser to help a, a nonprofit or a cause somewhere nearby. It was really trying to take what we've learned to help the community around us. Um, but that was really where I started to break through the just the. I'm not going to say introversion because I'm still introverted, but like being just blatantly shy and timid and scared of being more myself in front of other people just because of the small school like mm. bubble that we I felt like I was in. And that's where I really noticed that we were kind of put in boxes there. Um, and so and then deciding to um, actually move to Florida and work for Disney was a huge turning point for me Uh um, because I had discovered like I didn't want I actually started school going to psychology and then I changed to marketing (laughs) and then um, I worked at Disney for a really long time I met some really amazing people and all those people that I met helped me shape who I am honestly Mm -hmm. because they're just they've become such important people in my life whether they're still in my life or they're not Um, and then that whole experience with me and that full time job, the one after the internship I told you about um, that still wasn't the right fit for me. Mm. Um, it wasn't I wouldn't necessarily call it a toxic atmosphere there. It just wasn't the right job for me. And we weren't and I was and I wasn't the right person for who I was working for. I feel mm. um, But going through that whole thing. Don't mind my cat. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's around um, That whole job is really what I guess forced me to turn towards personal growth and go to therapy and just that whole process. Like, I'm very thankful that I was able to go through that because it just really is what projected me towards the life that I'm living right now. Because if I hadn't gone through that job, I wouldn't have um, explored freelancing. I wouldn't have quit and found the job that I currently have, which I really, really like. Mm. And it's with an amazing supportive environment with like, management that actually cares about you and all of those types of things which i didn't know existed Mm. um i didn't know was possible (laughs) (laughs) and uh just to be able to go through all of those things that i went through to be able to create the the business that i have right now that ellen itself too is just um a big part and i gotta and i have to give a huge thing to my parents for helping me like through all of that they were there to be able to i feel very lucky to have had them through that tough experience that i had and my dad was really the one that tried to point me towards personal growth more Um, he had always tried that growing up (laughs) Um, but i just just like you know i was like i don't want to listen i'm a teenager it's like whatever (laughs) but then at that point he was like okay try thinking about this like try thinking changing your mindset in this way and that Mm. was really kind of a stepping stone to dive into that type of stuff um, some more. So I guess those are some things that I say would shape me right now.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So can you talk more about um, working at Disney World? What was yeah. that like?
1: Um, okay, so I did, so it was different, uh, two different things. Cause I did um, what was called a Disney college program in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came, moved back to California, transferred schools and I worked part-time in Disneyland just as a part-time employee, Mm -hmm. cast member. Um, So in Florida, it was this whole like, they call it an internship, but really you're just going to work there um, either in the parks or in a hotel or something like, just in one of their entry level roles um, for like five months or so, and you can take classes uh, where you meet disney executives and not necessarily executives but people within the industry that are in roles that you want to meet so i met some i was able to network with some people in marketing whether it was special events or disney cruise line or something like that none of those things like followed through because i learned i didn't want to Mm. work in a big corporate um conglomerate like disney (laughs) (laughs) but uh the It was still really cool to see what how they worked and how different like departments did marketing because it was so different. Um, And then we lived with I lived with five other girls. One of them was my best friend. She came with me. Um, Yeah. And then we just met. So it was really just such a great experience to be able to. I worked in foods in a hotel in the Polynesian resort down there and it wasn't the most glamorous job, but I really that really was just the whole experience as a whole was life-changing to me and to a lot of people there there's just this energy doing the college program there at least back in 2013 Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, of just you're all there to just be a part of working for disney Mm -hmm. and being able to bring i guess it's gonna i'm just gonna bring the the cheesiness of this here (laughs) to bring the magic to the families and the kids and that was the first time i had really done that and then so going to Disneyland, um, I was in attractions in California Adventure. So I worked at, um, I started at this little Monsters Inc. ride that's there. I don't know if you, have you been to Disney here?
0: No, I haven't. Okay.
1: So there's a small like dark ride, kind of like the Peter Pan rides or Alice in Wonderland rides oh. about Monsters Inc. So that's where I started. And then I got cross-trained to Soarin' Over California, which is now Soarin' Around the World, helped um, launch that, helped test and adjust and launch that new ride. And then also Tower of Terror, which is now- guardians of the galaxy, but, um, <laughs> oh. I loved working in attractions. Um, despite the, uh, crazy guests and the mean like, you know, there's any customer <laughs> service is going to have those people. But mm-hmm. the, I just have to say that the best part of working at Disney was the people that you meet when you're there, both the families and the kids, but also the people that you work with and the people that you work with. I don't, I don't know what it is, but we're all very like-minded people. It seemed. And I just had, That was when I had like probably the most amount of friends that I have Mm. um but most of that's really where I met my I guess you could say family in Southern California because I had just moved and so we're all there all the time working together going through the same things and um yeah I mean I could say a lot of things about working for Disney now also that (laughs) aren't quite as glamorous as people may think um Mm. because it is still things were changing structure structurally it seemed and how Disney was handling their cast members and mm. things happening right now I'm not happy with either. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then a lot of parts about the college program has some things too, that not weren't necessarily the greatest. And, but I personally had a good experience overall, but I left at the right time. Like it was mm. my time to do something else. Um, because the way that we're moving up in Disney is a lot of who, you know, Ah. and who likes you and that kind of game and I didn't want any part of it so I was like bye <laughs> but my experience there at the time was great it's a great job especially if you're in college you need something part-time um, and it's just it's a unique job too I'd say it's not something that it's not the same because I, I worked at like Barnes and Noble or something it was not like working at Barnes and Noble <laughs> it just has a different vibe to it there. But yeah, I mean, is there anything specific that you were curious about with that or? Yeah. I'm wondered, an open book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering what
0: were some skills that were transferable from that experience or just what are some things either like with like interpersonally or that you started yeah. about yourself that you were
1: able to apply? Yeah. Um, customer service skills and like problem solving skills when it comes to dealing with customer service. Because I, um, moved up to like a lead position was like a supervisor position on one of the rides um and we had to deal with the angry of the angry of ah yeah so um being able to both help your cast members and not necessarily like understand where your cast members were in that position recognizing if like how to handle the situation how to either accommodate them or navigate them to the best way or when it's time to get someone else like and to learn how to communicate with people from all over the world was a big part because um, mm. of course we'd have people that came and didn't speak English or something like that um or if someone just truly misunderstood something and having to communicate more effectively that way so just expect effective communication was huge and that goes within um within a team too, because I was also a trainer. And that's actually really where I learned that I love to train and develop oh. because I also help train at my day job now too. And even though that's not like my main position, and I feel like that help, that kind of transfers to even coaching and whatnot in my business. So helping them learn, even if it's just helping them with the attraction, helping them learn things, just learning how to communicate with someone that has might have a different style of learning. Some people might see things differently. Some people might, need to it, it, cool with hearing it. Maybe they need to visually watch someone give an example. Like there's so many different ways someone can learn. So being able to meet them in that way to help them learn effectively was a big part too.
0: Ah, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like being able to train people, that's, that's a skill in itself. Like, Yeah,
1: and Disney does a lot of things well, but like training is they have that down. Like they're very good at that. Any other job that I've had, they kind of throw you in, but they really train you oh. wherever you are, which I well, think. Oh, that's
0: so good. Yeah. yeah. What was the inspiration for your book? Cause I really want to talk about your book now.
1: So, so um, yeah. I have to, it wasn't, it didn't come from me. I have <laughs> to say that um, it was the publisher from Adams Media, my publisher, um, one of their editors reached out to me. Mm-hmm. um and it's interesting because this happened to my first book too because I have a book about my experience working in the college program in Florida mm-hmm. <laughs> that was based off of the blog I had before and the same thing happened someone came um but that I think that's just what they do they approach bloggers or someone who's writing and they feel like would be a good fit for an idea that they have
0: oh. but the
1: reason why I did it is because it aligned with things that I valued and the things that I enjoy teaching and the things that I, and I really thought it would be a helpful book. So it's, it's called I'm Awesome, Here's Why, and it's all about helping you develop self-confidence at, as simple as it gets. It's over a hundred prompts. It's like more of a journal, I guess you could say it's more of a guided journal. In the very beginning, it, it talks about um, the basics of self-confidence and like how you can grow through uh develop your self-confidence in the different aspects of self-confidence. And a big part of that was self-care. So um, talking about all the different ways to be able to creatively and I I don't want to say realistically, but um, tangibly build your self-confidence, both in the journal and ways that you can take it out of the book and into your life um, is what it's all about. And I just really aligned with it. And I felt like it was a great book and a great book idea. And I felt like it, I, it was right.
0: <laughs> oh, awesome. So like, did you have any experience prior with journalism or writing anything of that length? Or was this a real like brand spanking new?
1: <laughs> I had written the first book, the, I had written a book before, mm-hmm. so that, that other book um, I had it was a, l- a little bit different of a process and it's a different format. Cause the other one was more of like a memoir, I guess you could say of a, like a period of my life. Um, but writing like journal prompts like that was definitely brand new and mm. having to think of over a hundred of them was a definite challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ha- have always loved writing like my whole life and um, I like, in middle school and like elementary school and everything like that one of my favorite things to do was just like write stories like the short story things that you would write for english was my favorite thing to do and um i i almost i actually almost wanted to like pursue creative writing more in regards to like that would be a minor in college or something like that but um ended up just mainly focusing on the major (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah writing's always been something a, a big passion of mine that i've loved to do so but this in regards to a journal aspect, that was definitely brand new for me.
0: So it's, it's awesome that you were able to, again, like surmount the imposter syndrome that you talked about. Because I also feel like the the way that I view authors, or the way that I view people who have enough knowledge to write an entire book, I just feel Mm. like it's on a different pedestal, like it's on a different (laughs) level. And so, did you have any of those preconceived notions about that? I mean, it is—it is amazing. Like, don't get me wrong, but did you have anything in your head where it's like, oh, that's like something
1: that a legit person does? Like, like (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, when I was writing the chapter, which is like a—I don't remember how long the chapter was. It was three to five thousand words. Like, that was really. But I had to remind myself. It's like okay. This isn't that much different than my blog. Like Mm. you just have to kind of write it in a little bit of a different style, but just try and communicate in a similar way because you're just talking to another person. That's really how I tried to get over that. And then once I was starting to hit walls with like needing over a hundred prompts, I was like, do I not know enough? Like, I, I don't know. Am I creative enough to continue doing this? Do I have to get it from other people? Like it was, and then they would come back and be like, oh, you should probably write it, rewrite this. And the editing process is not my favorite. I have to say that mm. because I'll write something, like write a whole thing and then it will come back completely just different or like be like, no, I think you should take an approach this way. Oh, I think you should rewrite X amount of prompts or your intro should have a different, like, you know, mm. that is hard to kind of, um, I guess unhook from is like it's not me it's the writing <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like to be able to kind of just get through the process and understand they have the best interest in heart in regards to the audience and the approach and everything like that so um yeah that's those are kind of the things that <laughs> I navigated <laughs> through through that well i didn't even
0: um factor in the concept of somebody else looking at your work and being like change this like it's not just you it's somebody else
1: yeah and i didn't really have that in the first book the guy kind of was just like all right cool he just like fine-tuned some things mm-hmm. um and but this one was a bit like because they had multiple editors like looking at it and because oh, um, wow. they would have like the main one and they would send it to a freelance editor and then there was a illustrator that would also do things and so we had to um all coordinate together in a certain way to create it and uh yeah so wow that's a a long
0: process so how long did it take you in total to write the book from like consumption
1: yeah um it was i guess five to six months Mm. um and actually i just recently wrote another one with the same uh, publisher Mm and that that one i actually had some imposter syndrome ways even though i had written one before um Mm -hmm. Um, so i'm i wrote a new one actually recently but it was all it was self-care for teenagers Mm. self-care and mindfulness for teenagers so i had to think only for teenagers which is a kind of a market i hadn't actually addressed as much so that one was more i was like am i qualified to talk about some of this stuff it's like I was a teenager once I think I understand I feel really old saying that (laughs) um the but that one only took I only had one month to write it they were on a very oh. quick time period. So I had to just crunch through and just do it oh all and gosh. cause everything else besides my job and mm-hmm. <laughs> go for it. But we're, cause they wanted to have it launch, uh, published at the beginning of the year for the new year, new me kind of, oh. kind of era. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I get it. I was able to negotiate like an extra couple of weeks, but I was just like, all right, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> but yeah, that one was only one month. And the other one, I guess like through if you inc- include the editing and stuff is, uh, about five to six, I would say. Wow. Yeah. This one's still under editing. So not quite done yet in regards to that, but we're almost gotcha. there.
0: Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so like, what are some messages if you could give like a sound bite from
1: your book with our yeah. listeners
0: here
1: building self-confidence doesn't have to be done overnight and you don't have like it like through the book you don't have to do it all at once like and it's not gonna happen right away it's gonna take some time and it's gonna take some practice and there's a bunch of different ways that you can build it and you don't have to go in a specific order and you don't have to follow specific instructions but it's, it's your own personal journey and you have to follow what works well like what feels right for you but over time bit by bit you'll notice a difference Mm. That's what I would say.
0: <laughs> oh, that's that's so that's so meaty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I could I could go into that more, but that's the that's the soundbite there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so thank you for that soundbite. Um so another question I have is how has the whole COVID situation, BLM, or any of the social unrest that's occurring right now, how has that informed um the way you go about your business
1: at all? Mm. At
0: all. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, like we had said earlier, I honestly wasn't quite as aware of how, I guess you could say whitewashed the self development and creative entrepreneurship industry is. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, and it's, I definitely have learned to Pay more attention to a lot of the things that we had talked about earlier and mm-hmm. the intersectionality of ways and not to and i i already didn't want enjoy like it was never my intention to like blanket statement oh just think positively like all that kind of stuff i've mm-hmm. never wanted to do that but to truly understand that people might be coming from different backgrounds and different experiences that i personally haven't gone through of course that i haven't gone through and and to understand that some teachings that are within the self-care community or the self-help community, or even just in the creative entrepreneurship community might not be as inclusive and aware of how to really help a wider range of people than their own kind of narrow way that they've been doing it before, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I have personally been really trying to um, educate myself more. And when Mm. it comes to um, being more, with being more inclusive and, and uh, trying to learn what the Black Lives Matter movement and community is trying to tell us, not trying to tell us, has is communicating
0: mm-hmm. and
1: trying to understand that a little bit better. Really trying to, um, I, I actually took my self care, something that I personally have done tangibly within the business since then i took i had an online course called self a master class called self-care to confidence um and now 100 percent of those proceeds are going to be donated to anyone who purchases it is donated to the black trans advocacy coalition oh amazing um, based out of texas um because that is just a very i just i that nonprofit is incredible they're really trying to take it's it's owned by um, managed by the black trans by black trans members as well mm, and they okay. are mm-hmm. doing making an effort to try and help the black trans community either locally or i believe further than that but they like for covid right now they are providing covid care packages to people who might not have a stable home and might not have access to health care might not mm-hmm. have access to safety to be able to stay away from the virus or protect themselves from it so being able to help them that way as well as provide other opportunities and options and resources for them to be able to sometimes unfortunately just even being able to keep going so yeah any any anyone who purchases that master class it just i don't take anything from it it just goes straight to to donate and to give back in that way so
0: oh that's,
1: that's amazing thanks and yeah that's just one thing sorry continue yeah. <laughs> oh, um, would you mind if i linked that in the description
0: definitely okay.
1: Yes. <laughs> so look out for that in the description. Um, and there's more information about the the sales page is honestly mostly about the organization, and there's also a link directly to the organization on there. So uh, if people want to learn more about the the BATC,
0: that's gotcha, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. So in these crazy kooky times, <laughs> what are some things that you are doing to stay emotionally and mentally healthy? Um, mm-hmm. Things that might give listeners or watchers some tips or ideas you know
1: yeah um i'm personally making sure that i do make time to kind of rest in in certain ways because i've been very lucky to still have my job right now because we can all work virtually um and so i'm still working in that that part of my life hasn't really changed much except where i'm working um but i'm working from home now so it's kind of harder to separate working from home from my home Uh. and so being able to separate um the end of the day with okay now it's me time even though my desk is right there my computer (laughs) is right there doing something to kind of make that transition and some of that is usually it's working out to kind of take that transition it's like okay let's let's go do that but um i've been really trying to meditate some more as well as um to kind of because at first everything was when covid first started was very overwhelming because there was just so much happening and so much like Mm -hmm. going like Uncertainty and just every, you know it's it was all new. It's hard to say that that's not new now. It's weird mm-hmm. to think about, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So trying to not force myself to expect myself to do everything all the time which is something that i mentioned earlier but really making sure i'm paying attention to how i'm feeling to make sure that i'm taking care of myself in regards to like even if it's just if i feel like watching top model all day i will watch top model all day yes. and that's okay you know <laughs> like uh-huh. but um, also communicating with some people that I, a lot of my friends don't live near me so communicating with them virtually hasn't changed too much, but like FaceTiming maybe a little bit more Mm. or reaching out to people a little bit more um, and that kind of thing, just really making sure that you have like, I'm connecting with those people even if I'm not physically seeing them anymore has been a a big difference too.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm honestly, I was better at that earlier uh-huh. <laughs> but I feel like I've kind of gotten into the habit of like not being social.
1: <laughs> like, Yeah, <laughs> like I feel you on that one a little bit. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like I was talking to my friend who I work with and she was talking about when she was at the supermarket and she was talking to the cashier and the cashier seemed like they like forgot how to human because we've all been <laughs> in our own four walls for so long. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs>
0: But yeah, it's hard, it's hard, but it's necessary mm-hmm. sometimes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So what, or rather, who inspires you? It's kind of a big mm. question, but if you could think of a single person, if you could think of more than one person, it's totally fine.
1: Let me think. I feel like there's someone like... So one person that I really love um, and have loved since high school um, I know she has been through a lot in mm. the recent years, um, but I really loved Demi Lovato. Yeah. Um, yeah, she has, she was the first person, I always loved, i a huge Jonas Brothers fan, okay, mm. and then, so Camp Rock was, I loved it yeah. in high school, so watching that for the Jonas Brothers and discovering Demi Lovato, I was like, I love her, but then she was like the first like public figure to really talk about mental health. Yeah. And like, I st- yeah, she, she was the first one to really talk about it. And it, it it really helped me realize like, okay, this is normal. You know, that kind of, and she, she went through so many things that I could never understand or I haven't gone through necessarily, but just the fact that she was open about it is huge. And mm-hmm. right now, and she's gone through a lot. She unfortunately had her relapse and everything like that. But now like today, she's using her platform to speak out about so many different things and like today i think today is her birthday actually and she said for my birthday i want you to donate or to sign a petition for brianna taylor or something like that but wait
0: that's crazy because we're almost birthday twins i'm almost birthday twins with Sammy
1: lovato i couldn't be happier
0: (laughs) this is my birthday gift i don't need anything
1: else (laughs) there you go (laughs) but yes she's she's i think the first person that comes to mind for me in regards to someone who's been consistently um an inspiration to me so because she still speaks out about all of those different things and i admire her for being one of the especially as a young age but she was like a teenager when she first started talking about that when adults wouldn't so ah. especially under the pressure of being a disney channel star like on top of all of that so ah. yeah that's that's who i would say <laughs> yes yes we stand. we truly yes, do demi if you're course. listening you're not
0: but if you're listening we stand. love you <laughs> <laughs> So what is something that you're excited about in the future, whether with your business or just like with life?
1: Yeah, um, so with my business, I just really feel aligned with what I'm teaching now. Like throughout everything that's happened, it's just something feels right and what I am communicating with. And I feel like it's really Um, even though I haven't, I'm currently making, um, a new program specifically for people pleasing Mm -hmm. and it just, it's fun to put together and it's coming along a lot easier than other things that I've put together in the past. And I've been able to talk to people one-on-one about what they're looking for or what they're struggling with or what would help them. And all the conversations are just flowing very well. And so it's just making me really excited for what's to come in that area of, um, that launching that and just continuing to communicate, like to be able to connect with different people in that way. Um, And then in life, I guess I could say something that I wasn't able to do this year because of COVID, but something that I without a doubt want to do in the future is we were planning on traveling to Italy this year so that is still going to be a goal after oh, we're allowed to travel again but that's something I'm excited for Oh, that's exciting yeah it was like one week before quarantine hit we were oh. about to buy the airplane tickets oh. and we were like let's wait a second like we were just like wait let's wait and then they were like oh no Italy is being overrun uh-huh. everything I was like let's let's hold off on this yeah. for a moment on, yeah one of the many dreams
0: dissolved by covid i know
1: i know one of many
0: (laughs) so what do you hope for the future in terms of your platform or just like your personal self-development
1: i i would just hope not hope i my goal is to be able to grow this platform to the point where um, i can be doing I've even had seen myself doing like speaking events someday kind of a situation. And if you had asked me that not too long ago, I I would have been like, right? Mm. Like public speaking, like I can communicate through you. I can communicate in video. Like it's it's much more comfortable for me. But in this last year of my job, I've been doing a lot more like sales presentations and stuff like that and actually Mm. talking to people. And even though it's technically qualified as sales, you're just communicating something to someone else and learning that has kind of taken away being as much fear when it comes to public speaking. Mm. And so being able to do that, but about the topics that I, about, but helping someone else in that way in regards to whatever I'm talking about at the time, it could change by then. Um, Just being able to grow in that way and as well as communicate with other creative entrepreneurs like yourself, like doing more podcast episodes, doing more interviews I wanna bring in. And of course, hopefully have you as an as a guest pretty soon (laughs) (laughs) um but to be able to just connect with more entrepreneurs and grow together i just think it's such a magic a fun magical experience to do that because the more you i don't really it's that whole community over competition thing you're helping each other so you can help more people like we're all trying to build something great to be able to make a positive impact in the world around us if we want to talk big picture on that way so that's something yeah uh really really hope for and i'm excited about in the future too <laughs> awesome
0: well i'm excited for you
1: thanks <laughs> yeah
0: and so my final question is and this is going to be really broad and kind of meta i guess
1: oh, okay <laughs> but, uh,
0: <laughs> what do you hope for humanity
1: Ooh. oh well i just hope we can become more, I guess, empathetic right now Mm -hmm. in the future, just with, I hate saying everything happening, but with how we've grown to be a little bit more divisive and a lot more hate. And I just really, I really think a lot of that would get better if we just kind of took a step back and didn't make ourselves the center of the picture you know like Mm -hmm. there's more to us out there than just our own personal story and granted we matter and our own experiences matter but if we just took a moment to hear and listen to other people and empathize what they're going through and try and at least try and hear literally just try and hear someone else and their own experiences i think it would just make such a huge difference than automatically assuming something or fighting back and fighting back, um, Mm -hmm. just to be able to care about other people some more (laughs) on a very, very basic level. Uh, I really wish I wasn't saying that, but I'm seeing it too much to not, unfortunately. So yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. You had so many, so many good little nuggets. Um, Thanks. (laughs) So yeah, I hope that you all enjoyed listening. Um, Can you tell everyone really quick where they can find you on social media, where they can find your book, all that stuff?
1: Yeah, so my book, I'm Awesome, Here's Why is wherever books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, like IndieBound, anything like that. Um, And my Instagram is where I'm most active. It's Sarah Catherine blog. And I'm sure you'll have the link to how to properly spell my name. (laughs) But (laughs) Sarah has no H, Catherine has a K, so I have to always say that. Um, I also have my podcast, which is the Be Your Own Badass podcast. And that's on iTunes, Spotify, everything like that. And my website is SarahCatherine.com. So awesome. You find me. <laughs> well, thank you again so much, Sarah Catherine. Thank you so much for yeah. having me. it has been wonderful.
0: Yeah, you have a good day, okay? Thanks, you too. <laughs> right. I wish you the best. Bye. If you like this episode, hit that like button. If you like this channel and are liking what you're hearing, what you're seeing, please subscribe. Leave a comment if you want to, if you feel so led. I'm excited to keep talking about self-care and the intersectionality aspect of it as I feel like it should be generally. Stay well, stay weird as heck, and have the confidence of a 95 year old woman, why don't you? Bye! Uh, Mistakes have been made, regrets have been had.